You are listening to the Long Hollow Students Podcast. For more information and to stay updated, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. What's going on, high school? How's everybody doing? Ooh, dang, y'all, y'all weak tonight. How are y'all doing? Good. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to kind of be on like this other side of kind of teaching you guys tonight. Usually I'm leading worship and now I get to teach you. So I'm a little nervous and a little kind of freaked out, but man, hearing you guys sing that last song, whoo, it was awesome, man. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Man, so excited that tonight we're wrapping up our series, Big Living. Last week, um, we learned that big living is living for God and not for yourself. Um, that, um, that the way you live your life matters, okay? The way you live your life matters. And so tonight we're bringing this kind of, um, we're bringing this series to a conclusion. But before we conclude, uh, before I kind of go any further, I want to kind of let you guys get to know me a little bit. Um, I don't like to just play music. One of the things that I love to do, I have a passion for, is hunting. Does anybody like to hunt in here? Anybody? Awesome, okay, cool, yeah. Dude, I love to deer hunt. Uh, we got a couple of pictures up here of some some deer that I killed. Uh, I love it. I love to hunt. Uh, when I lived in Mississippi before I moved here for about six years, and uh, when I moved there, I was kind of like, you know, I'd never really hunt before, um, but when I was in Mississippi, like the armpit of Mississippi, I had these good old boys kind of teach me how to do it, and I love to hunt, but more specifically, I love to turkey hunt. Does anybody, anybody love to turkey hunt in here? Anybody at all? That's what I'm talking about. If you know anything about turkey hunting, it's hard. Like it's really difficult to turkey hunt. And I, and I really didn't like expect it to be. I mean, it's like you're, you're shooting a bird, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't think it was gonna be that hard. And so, man, I began to, I went with, I went with a couple of buddies of mine. And, um, and so, and after I got hooked, man, the first time I heard like a bird gobble, which it's, does anybody, does anybody you, guys, you guys turkey hunt? Somebody wanna make a gobble rule? Yeah, that just that gets my that gets my blood boiling right there. I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? But the more I went, dude, I was hooked. But I'd never killed anything. So so anyways, I began to kind of like read on how to turkey hunt. I began to watch videos. Began to read articles. I got a little turkey call. I began to kind of learn that. And one day I decided I was going to go turkey hunt. I was going to go by myself. First time for me to ever go by myself. And I remember telling a buddy of mine, "Hey, I'm going to go." And, uh, and he was like, there's no way that you're gonna kill a turkey because it is so windy outside. I mean, it's a terrible day to do any type of hunting. I'm like, no, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna kill a turkey. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm not gonna kill anything, okay? I'm just gonna be out there by myself, okay? So I go and I'm out there for a couple hours and I'm literally, no joke, I'm literally got my phone out, I got Google up and I'm learning how to do turkey calls with my, with my phone, okay? So it's probably illegal, I don't know, but anyways, I'm learning how to do turkey calls with, with Google. Yes, there it is right there. And after about two hours, I'm like, man, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, nothing's really happening. This is a terrible day. So I'm walking back to the truck and then I get to this field, this green field. And I'm like, dude, if a turkey's gonna be anywhere, he's gonna be coming through here. So I get behind this little, this like little hill and I'm just chilling for a second. All of a sudden I start making some calls. And then all of a sudden, these two gobblers, these two turkeys come walking out. And dude, I am freaking out at this moment, okay? I cannot believe that this is happening. They're about 10, 15 yards away from me. It's a chip shot and I shot and boom, it's dead. So the, the next picture, that's my first turkey I ever killed. And I was so fired up when I killed it, I didn't know what to do next. So I shot it, the bird, 
I thought was dead, was not really dead. It's sitting there flapping, going everywhere. So I get on my phone, I got Google out, and I FaceTime a buddy of mine who's a really good turkey. I'm like, dude, I just shot my first turkey. What do I do? He's going, step on its head. So, dude, I am like out there in the middle of a field just stamping, like just stomping on this sucker's head, you know, freaking out. Well, finally, it's limp. It's not doing anything. Some of you guys are going, what the heck does this mean with anything? I don't know. So, anyway, so I am, turkey's laying there. So, I decided, I'm still got my FaceTime up. Dude, I'm fired up. And the first thing I do is I reach down and I grab it by the feet. Now, if any of you have been turkey hunting, you know that that can be a dangerous idea if the bird is not completely dead. And this joker had like a, had some long spurs. And I picked that joker up. And when I picked it up, it's almost like Frankenstein just happened. I mean, this sucker came back alive. And I mean, it was like, just going crazy. Cut me up. Dude, I'm like injured now. And I'm freaking out. So anyways, and this is what I learned. It's not easy. It's definitely a process but it was worth it. It's not easy, turkey hunting is not easy. It's a process, I had to learn, I had to do all these things, I had to figure out like what to wear, like what does a turkey sound like, you had to do all these things. But when that moment happened, it was completely worth it. Tonight we're gonna be talking about how big living is not easy, but it's worth it. And so if you have your Bibles, what I I want you to do is, I want you to turn uh, to 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Just kind of read these scriptures together. It says this, but you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that had come to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing those from who you learn, and that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, complete and equipped for every good work. Hey, let's pray together. Father, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity just to be in this room with these students. Lord, I know with school going on and really just life period, um, life is hard. It's extremely hard. Being a Christian in today's culture is extremely hard. And so, Lord, tonight, Lord, I just pray that as we are in your word, God, I just pray that you would just give us some nuggets of truth, some things that we can take away that will encourage us. God, that will make us stronger, that will make us better. God, I just ask that you would move in a way that only you can move. Lord, I pray for the person in here, maybe be, maybe far from you, maybe a friend brought them, I don't really even know why they're here. God, I pray, God, that through your word, God, they would recognize that they need you. That in this very difficult world, that God, we need you. So we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So big living is not easy. Because it's not easy, the first point I want to talk about it's important to lean on and live out the truth of God's word. To lean on and live out the truth of God's word. Second Timothy 3.14 says this, 
But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. Paul's talking to Timothy here. He says, but for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. A couple of weeks ago, I sat in the service and Pastor Robbie asked this question and I may like mess this question up, but I mean, the question just really, it really kind of, it kind of grabbed me because I, I really never thought about this. But he asked this question and basically he kind of gave this scenario and I'll just kind of maybe make it a little bit different for us tonight, but gave this scenario of, man, what if we walked out of this place and on our way home, Lord forbid, someone captured you, someone, someone took you up, captured you, or, you know, um, and you find yourself in a, in a cell or prison cell or somewhere, somewhere where you are not around people. And this person began to say that no one's gonna find you. Um, they began to take your, all your belongings and they do this because you are a believer. They saw you leave a place of worship. And they take everything and say, listen, and you can't have the word of God. You can't have any of us pastors or any of your people that are around you um, to encourage you or anything. The question is this, is how much of God's word would you know in that moment to help sustain you through that time? How much of God's word would you know in your heart, in your mind, in that moment that it would sustain you in that time? Now, I know that's a crazy scenario, and Lord forbid that, that ever happens, but that, that happens. That happens around the world and that's happening right now. It's important that we lean on the truth of God's word. To be a follower of God is to be a student of God's word. Now, I know, like, I'm about to ask this question, but who likes school? Does anybody like school in here? Okay, that's cool, yeah. Anybody like not like school? Okay. The learning process, being a student, can be difficult, it can be hard, it can not, it sometimes is not fun, as most of you guys have, have already painted that picture. It's not fun sometimes, sometimes it is fun. But as, a, but as a believer, because we live in such a difficult and chaotic world, it is important for us to know God's word, to, to constantly learn and constantly seek him. Because here's the thing, scripture just tells us uh, in this passage that people are going to deceive you. They're going to trick you. They're gonna tell you all these different things and, you're not, and, and if you do not know God's word, if you do not know the basis, the truth of God's word, uh, man, you can be um, confused as you wander through life, especially in high school, going into college. Man, college is a difficult place to live in. High school is too. So it's important for you guys to be a student of God's word, to lean on God's word, the truth of his word. But just as it's important to lean on and to know God's word, it's also important to live out God's word. James 1, we, we know this, it says, do not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. What's the point of knowledge if we don't do anything with it? We know the goodness of God, but we don't really practice it. We know that God teaches you know, patience and to love others, but we just don't do it. It tells us to be pure in our, in our thoughts and, 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 and to love others. And we just, we just don't, we don't, we don't respond that way. We do not act in that way. It's one thing to, to know God's word. It's another thing to do what it's called us to do. And here's the thing, it's not easy. It's a process, but it's worth it. It's not easy. It's definitely a process. It's worth it. When I became a new believer, um, I didn't wake up the next morning or the, really the next week just 
I mean, it was hard for me. I didn't, I didn't wake up going, woo, I'm about to run 100 miles. Well, I, I, let me take that back. When I be, first became a believer, yes, I was like blazing. I was like ready to, to roll, run through walls for Jesus, okay? But about two months in, it was one of those moments to where it, the newness had kind of faded. It wasn't really, I guess, quote unquote, fun anymore. It became hard. And, and the longer I went through, uh, I, it, me being in the word kind of shot away. And many of you guys, that's where you are right now. You've kind of lost that passion. It's hard, but it's a process. But when we are in God's word, when we are continuing to learn and being challenged by his word, it's worth it. It's completely worth it. The second point is this, because it's not easy, because big living is not easy, we have to lean on faithful teachers of God's word. We have to lean on faithful teachers of God's word. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 15 says this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know, you know those who have taught you and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul earlier in Timothy brings to light that Timothy, some of the, the key players in Timothy's life was his grandmother and his mother. They played a huge role in his life of teaching him the scripture and teaching him the ways of, of God. And he, again, in this chapter, he calls Timothy to remember those who invested in him. And this is important, so I don't want us to rush past this because um, I, think the, I think this section is so important and so key in our walk with the Lord. And it's one of those things that we sometimes don't ever, we go so much, uh, we go so far in our walk with the Lord and don't have this in our life. Some people in this room, you have godly parents. You have godly grandparents. You have, you've been in church probably nine months before you were born, okay? You've always been to church. You've got that, that foundation. And that's incredible. Do not take that for granted. Don't, don't rush past that. Do not take that for granted because there are other students, some of you in here, you don't have that. You don't have that foundation in your life. But here's the incredible thing, and, and, and I'm new here, so I've only been here for like, like five or six months, and I'm still kind of learning. Um, you guys, I'm still kind of learning Long Hollow, but this is the one thing that I've realized about this place. This place is filled, filled with incredible leaders of the faith. If you're an, if you're an adult, if you're a leader um, in any capacity, would you raise your hand? I know this may be awkward. If you're a leader in the room, would you raise your hand? Yeah, yeah, let's give them a hand, that's awesome, yeah. I mean, these guys, listen. These guys are incredible. And listen, they don't come here, listen, they don't come in here to babysit you guys, okay? You don't need to be babysat. These guys are here because they have an interest in investing in your life. Do not rush past this. These adult leaders are here because they want to be able, they've lived life, and just like Paul, we'll, we'll see in just a second, just like Paul, who has kind of been there, done that, and, and, and has the T-shirt, these adults in this room have been there, they've done that, and they've worn, worn the T-shirt. And they wanna love on you, and they wanna invest on you. And I wanna talk to the leaders for just a second. Because in Titus 2, I think it gives, I think it gives a, a, a great picture of the leader and the student. It says this, Titus 2, verses 1, it says, but you, um, you were, I'm sorry, 
But you are to proclaim the things consistent and sound, uh, with sound teaching. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible and sound in faith, love and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not slaves to excessive drinking. They're to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children and to be self-controlled, pure workers at home, kind in submission to the husband so that God's word will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything, make, making yourself an example of good works with integrity and, dign, and dignity in your teaching. It goes on to say slaves. Some translation says bondservant. Some under authority are to submit to, the, to their masters in everything and to be well-pleasing, not talking back or stealing, but demonstrating other faithfulness so that they may adorn the teaching of God, our Savior, in everything. Listen up. If you're a leader, I just want to say just something quick to you. Man, leaders as believers, we don't just have an opportunity, but we have an obligation to teach the students that are in this room. To pour into and take, and take the time into, and to really put our arms around the students in this room and to walk them through this, this journey and this Christian walk and this thing we, do, we call life. Because you've been there. You've done that. You've worn the T-shirt. And students, just as the leaders in this room have the opportunity and obligation to teach us, you have the opportunity to learn. One of the things that I, one of the things that when I look back on my life, I have had some incredible people speak into my life. Will Moore, he's one of one of my best friends. Um, we grew, uh, kind of grew up together. Um, not really, but kind of later on, we kind of, we grew up in the same church and, and, and Will has played a monumental role in my walk in the Lord and just being in ministry. But there's a guy, whenever I was in high school, his name is Bill Winkler. Now he's this little bitty old man. He's a little crazy, a little senile. And, uh, and every, he, he would lead this Bible study um, at this place called CYS. Everybody say CYS. It's called CYS and it means Consolidated Youth Services. And basically what it is, is it's a juvie. So it's a place that young men, young women would go if they were too young to go to prison. And so every week, Bill would go to this place consistently every Thursday and he would go and he would teach them the word of God. Bill called me up, he was my He's my Sunday school teacher. That's what we called him back in the day. He said, hey, why don't you come with me on a Thursday and why don't you lead, you know, these students, these, really these young um, men in worship. I'm like, okay, you know, kind of freak out. We pull up and man, I am instantly freaked out, okay? I'm like, you know, I'm kind of freaked out at them, scared. and I don't know really what's gonna happen. And, and week after week, Bill began to make it not only an investment in these students, but he was making an investment in my life. I went consistently my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year with him. Every Thursday, he would show up, just about every Thursday, he would show up in my house, five o'clock, expecting me to get in the car with him, to go and lead worship and to be with him. Fast forward, when I graduated high school, it had been 13 years since I had gone back to Wim Baptist Church where I grew up. 13 years, a church that, that means so much to me. Sunday I walk in, I'm fixing to leave this, lead this church in worship. And one of the first people I see is Bill Winkler. And he comes up to me, he wraps his arms around me, he tells me how, how proud he is of me. And, and basically I just tell Bill, it's because of you that I, can, that I am where I am. 
It's because of his faithfulness to teach me, to bring me under his wing and to really kind of shepherd me through my teenage years that I'm able to stand where I stand today. And so students, you have adults in this room that wanna get you from point A to point B to point C to point D. They want to invest in you. Do not pass by that. We need this. And if, you, if you're an adult and you've been through this, you know that it's not easy. Sometimes you're investing in students or investing in someone or whatever, and you feel like you've taken one step forward and 10 step backwards. It's not easy. But we keep on and we keep on and we keep pursuing and we keep investing. Students, it's not easy. It's not easy when someone's telling you, hey, you're not doing things right, is it? No one likes that. No one likes telling you, no one likes hearing, hey, you are not doing this right, you need to do it this way because we know everything. You know what I'm saying? No one likes that. But I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's definitely a process, but guess what? It's what? It's worth it. It's worth it. And if you do not have that in your life, let me encourage you for the sake of your walk, for the sake of your journey, have that in your life. Have that in your life. And, and, and we're gonna help you with that um, as we, as we kind of continue. The third thing is this that God is building something. God is building something. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Students, God is building something here. He's building something in the life of this ministry in the life of Long Hollow students. And guess what? You're a part of it. You're a part of it. You're a part of something incredible. You're a, you're a part of something that is not, does not exist everywhere. I'm kind of new, kind of coming into this kind of, this place and kind of get to know. Let me just tell you, it's not like this everywhere. God is doing special, doing something special with you guys in this room tonight. He's doing something special with LH students. And you have the opportunity to be a part of it. God is building something. The question is, is where are you? Where are you in that mix? Some of you don't know where you are. You just kind of showed up tonight. Well, awesome, we're glad you're here. So glad you're here. But it's not by mistake that you're here. Some of you guys come here every single week and you sit on the chair and you never do anything. Listen, God wants to do something so incredible with you. He wants to build something in you and with you. God is building something with, uh, God is building something here. But here's the thing. Anytime God is building something, it will always, it will always be met with opposition. It will always be met with opposition. And Paul promises this. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12, it says this. We're kind of reversing a little bit. It says, you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? I'm gonna say that again. In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? 
it's not a might. It's not it could happen. Paul says, if you want to live this life in Christ, if you want to journey with the Lord, you can expect persecution. Paul kind of gives us a kind of a glimpse of what he went through, what like like what he went through in his persecution. This is not on the screen, but 2 Corinthians says this. 2 Corinthians 11, it says, five times I received 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning and three times I was shipwrecked. He goes on and he just kind of describes this. I've spent, a night in, I've spent a night and a day in the open sea on frequent journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brotherhood, to, uh, toil and hardship. Many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing. Paul knew what it meant to be persecuted. He had been there, he had done it, and he had worn the t-shirt. And he's telling Timothy, you can expect this. Listen to this, this is incredible. It's, it's so eye-opening. It's, it says, according to the evangelical group, Open Doors, 100 million Christians face interrogation, arrest, torture, or even death because of their religious convictions. Todd Johnson of Gordon-Conwell Theological uh, Seminary documents that 100,000 Christians, 11 per hour, have been killed on an average every year of the past decade. Think about that. In the hour that you and I have spent together in this safe environment, 11 people potentially have lost their life for the sake of the gospel. Paul says, you will be persecuted, not you might. You will be persecuted. And you may go, well, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being, I don't feel like I am persecuted. And, and persecution, I believe, looks different for, for all of us. We, we have the freedom to worship um, here in the United States. Um, and I know that we are being attacked constantly day to day, but for the most part, we freely can come together and worship without the worry um, of, of someone really kind of doing what Paul really experienced. But at school, you're gonna face persecution. Or you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're going to meet some type of obstacle. You may not get to go, you may not be asked to go to the things that everybody else is going to. You may not go to the parties that everybody uh, wants, wants uh, you wanna go to. People are gonna think you are crazy. They're actually gonna call you crazy. They're not gonna understand why you won't go drink with all your buddies on Friday night after the football game because you are, you're worried about um, really living a life um, for Christ and holiness. They're not gonna understand that. And then all of a sudden you begin to be, you kind of feel isolated. You will meet, you will have persecution in your school. It may look differently, but it will happen. It's not easy. Big living is not easy. Living for Christ is not easy. But this is, I, I think this is the most, this is really important, guys, is that what God is doing in you is greater than anything that can be done to you. What God is doing in you is greater than anything that can be done to you. See, for Paul, he had spent a lot of his time persecuting the church, and now we see him as the one who's being persecuted for the church. He spent a lot of time in prison. 
was beaten. He was hungry. We just saw that. But God was building something with him. It's because of Paul and his faithfulness and because of his journey that you and I sit and we're able to have the word of God and teach and learn from it. Yes, you will face persecution, but God is doing something in the midst of that persecution. God is doing something in the midst of that hurt, in the midst of that pain. He is building something that only he can build and he wants to use you to build something significant. He wants to use you. And the crazy thing is, is he doesn't just wanna use you, he wants to use all of us. He wants all of us to be a part of this, this big plan that he has to reach on the people for the sake of his name. And so my question is, is what good work is God equipping you for? Where are you at in this process? For some of you, you're going, man, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I don't have that. I'm missing something in my life. Like I'm kind of doing life and, and there's, it's empty and I need something. And I really don't know how to get there. Maybe it's, maybe it's you really need to just surrender your life to the Lord. That's what you need to do. Later on tonight, you'll have that opportunity. You can, you, can, you can get that nailed down. For some of you guys, we were just talking about this earlier, that you, you would say you are a believer, but man, you, you're really not doing, you're not really walking the walk. And you really aren't walking it with anybody else. You have nobody invested in you and you aren't investing in anybody else. That may be, that may be where you are tonight. Hopefully tonight you can say, I'm done with that. I'm stepping into it and I'm ready to do this thing the right way. For some of you, it's just community. Man, you're hanging out with the bad crowd. You kind of find yourself always in the midst of some, like in, in some type of like craziness. And you're going, how did I get here? And how do I get out of here? And you feel stuck because you don't have the community that you need around you. Some of you guys, that's where you are. I think we need to identify where we are. You need to identify where you are so you can take the next step and go, hey, I need to get beyond this. I need to get past this because this thing that we call life is hard. But this thing that we as Christians is extremely hard. God is wanting to equip you. And just like the scripture says, to equip you for a good work. He is wanting to do something incredible in you. So I'm gonna wrap this up, okay? And this is, this is our walking point, okay? Our walking point is this. Identify your next step and get there. Identify your next step and get there. One of the cool things about um, Long Hollow is um, we have this thing called the pathway. And if you've been here for any, if you've been here any time, you know what the pathway is. Know God, find community, make disciples, and change the world. And I would encourage you to, you right now, tonight, to, to figure out where are you in this situation? Like, where are you in this pathway? Again, some of you guys are at this no God, you, you've got questions and you, are, you need to take a step and you need to surrender your life. Some of you need to find community. You need to, get, you need to get out of the crowd that you're in and into a crowd that you need to be in. That community is here. It's in this room. Some of you guys need to make disciples. Some of you guys need to be disciples. Some of you guys need that Bill Winkler in your life. You need that little, that little guy, that little you know, old guy that's, that's speaking into your life. 
Some of you guys need to really kind of maybe get up out of the seat a little bit. Quit, quit letting everybody else get in the game and you need to get off the, the sidelines and get in the game and change the world. Guys want to do something crazy in your life. He wants to do something cool in your life. One of the things that we have coming up, they're going to show it, is the gift, December 2nd. And one of the cool things about this, and I'm still kind of learning this, but like on December 2nd, we have the opportunity to minister to single moms. And one of the things that we'll be doing is cleaning out, their, cleaning out their cars. Now, you may be going, that doesn't really mean anything. Well, listen, I'm married, okay? And I got a little girl, her name is Selah. And if you guys know who she is, she's like a monster. She's like Tasmanian devil running through here, okay? And our cars look like that, okay? Our cars look like Tasmanian devil have like gone through it. And it's messy. And I'm telling you, uh, I probably should clean my wife's car, honestly. Um, when we do that, we are changing somebody's world. We're changing, we are being the change in somebody's life. We're ministering to that person. And so for us in this room, we have an incredible opportunity to minister um, to single moms, not just here at Long Hollow, but in our community. And so I just wanna encourage you that, with that. So we're gonna wrap this up and man, we're gonna spend some time in prayer. The band's gonna come back and out and we're gonna, we're gonna worship together. And uh, Andrew's gonna come out here and he's going to kind of help you maybe, maybe find that next step and see where you need to go. But I want to ask everybody to kind of bow their heads and close their eyes for just a second. And let's just have like an honest conversation for just like, I don't know, two minutes. No one's looking. Um, and don't care about, don't worry about your neighbor. Let's just have an honest conversation. And if you're in the room and you're going, listen, man, I do not have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not leaning on God's word, but I know that I need that. If that's you, we just raise your hand. You say, listen, I'm doing this thing called life and it's hard. I mean, I just not surrender to the Lord. If that's you, can you just honestly say, hey man, that's me. Maybe you're in the room and you're going, man, I, I'm constantly around the wrong people and I need community. I need, I need some people that are gonna come around me, that are gonna build me up, that are gonna encourage me, that are gonna challenge me, that are gonna disciple me, that are gonna love me. But can we just be honest? If you say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around the, the wrong crowd. I need to be in community. I need to be in a life group or I need to be in discipleship. Would you be honest and maybe raise your hand? Awesome. Many of you guys have talents. Many of you guys are, I mean, just God has gifted you so much. And you've kind of lived this life content with just kind of going through school, just like doing, doing what you do at school, going to class, going to class, going to class, living to the next test. And God has gifted you and you are not using your gift to really help build the kingdom. You're saying, man, I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to get off the sidelines. I'm ready to change the world. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm ready to change the world. I'm ready to do something significant. I know that God is building something in me. Would you raise your hand? Awesome. I believe God's wanting to do something significant with you guys. But let me just tell you, it's hard. It's a process, but it's worth it. It's not easy. It's a process, but it's worth it. Let me pray for you guys.